Hey, this is Sally, and I represent the modern Proverbs 31 woman, and you are now tuned into the Unconventional Christian Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. I am your host, Ladoon Thompson, and today we are here with the beautiful, amazing Sally Kamara. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for pulling up on short notice. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would love to start today with a prayer. And since we do have a prayer warrior in the building, <laughs> I'm going to let you lead the prayer if you don't mind. Yeah, no, that's fine. I All threw right. her on the spot, by the way. <laughs> All right. So, Heavenly Father, we just glorify your name today. We worship you. We honor you. We praise you, God. I thank you that you woke us up on this morning, God. And we just thank you for this time that we could fellowship, Father God, that we could just talk and have a conversation, but ultimately glorify your name, God. We pray that the spirit of God would just be present here, Father God. I am praying over every viewer, every listener, Father God. I pray that they receive a word or anything, Father God, that you would will from this conversation on today, Father God. I pray that it would sow a seed, Father God, and I pray that that seed would be germinated, Father God, and I pray that that seed would grow into something um, that is revolutionary within their lives, Father God. I'm just speaking breakthrough over each and every person, God. So once again, we thank you for this conversation. We thank you for this day, and we just leave it and commit it into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Sally Kamara, what's going on? Not much. So if you if you had to, um, I would love for you to just tell us, who is Sally Kamara? Yeah, okay. Loaded question. Loaded. Who am I? Um, okay, so I am a woman of God, a woman of faith above all things. Uh, by profession, I have an accounting background. Um, went to Penn State, got my accounting degree. Then I went to Rutgers for my master's had this like plan that I was going to climb the corporate ladder and that I was just want to be like this super business mogul. Um, and then the Lord just kind of came in and did whatever he wanted to do, which is his perfect will. But um, yeah, basically I now run a beauty brand um, called Rooted Radiant. It yeah. is all handmade natural beauty products. Um, and I also, I am on YouTube now. I am still in corporate America, but my mindset and my focus is completely shifted at this po mm -hmm. point in time in my life. Um, and maybe just to even back up a little bit. So like I, I identify myself as a woman of God, a woman of faith above all things, but I did not grow up like that. I did not, I was not raised in that way. Mm. Um, I actually was like raised as a Muslim. Wow. Yeah. So um, my father is Muslim and that's how my brother and I were raised. So I had, um, I have tolerance for each and every religion, and I understood who God was, um, God. But as far as Jesus Christ and, and anything of that nature, there was really no, um, there wasn't too much of that. I went to Catholic school, but yeah. um, that was very much so religious, and there wasn't really much understanding of relationship or anything like that. So, um, yeah, so I say my background was in accounting, and I was climbing a corporate ladder, and God came and kind of did whatever he wanted to do, and that just came with this relationship that I've garnered with God and just how it sort of shifted my mindset and kind of my goals and what I want to do and into entrepreneurship um, and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yo, that's a lot. It's loaded. <laughs> that was very loaded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first thing I wanted to lean into is, um, so your parents are from where? Sierra Leone. Both of your parents mm -hmm. from Sierra Leone. Yeah. Growing up in African household. Yeah. 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 A lot of discipline there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to a uh, private school too. So being um 
Nigerian, uh, my parents are like, you know, you know, of course they're going to send us to Catholic school yeah. because they want us to be safe mm -hmm. and they want us not to be caught up in anything. Yep. And I think that going, going to Catholic school was a very important um, part of my journey into faith. Mm -hmm. um, how did your journey into your faith actually begin? Yeah, so um, I would say, so my mom is Christian. So even though my father is a Muslim, my mom is Christian. However, she was like, um, kind of like a go with the flow Christian. Like mm -hmm. she believed in God, she believed in Christ, but I would, I wouldn't necessarily consider her a follower. She was just a believer. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I guess every now and then, like, you know, she would attempt to kind of instill some sort of Christian, um, value. And I think, I don't know. I think it just kind of stuck a little bit without yeah. me even really knowing. And I don't know if, um, you know, being in Catholic school, kindergarten through 12th grade really I don't know. It might have played a role also, but mm -hmm. I would say maybe around high school, I started to feel like I just identified more with Christianity for whatever reason. Right. And honestly, if I'm being actually honest in this moment, as I'm thinking about this, really what it is. Well, it's crazy. I never actually like thought about this. So towards like the end part, ending part of high school, um, like my family was kind of going through a lot and I started to kind of like resent my dad. Mm -hmm. And so I think. Um, I was very close to my mom and I said, I think in just kind of resenting my dad, I'm like, well, I'm going to resent everything that you believe in also, which was, um, Islam. And so right. I don't know, I think just kind of getting a little bit closer to my mom in that season of my life. And like, you know, I just felt like, okay, well I'm going to be a Christian cause she's a Christian, whatever that meant. Right. And so that's where I think, um, the, I think I started exploring it a little more. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm a Christian, not really understanding what that meant, not really knowing much about who Christ is and what he actually did for us and why we revere him so much. And so fast forward, I go through college and I'm like, okay, I'm a Christian, but I still don't really know what that means. So I'm living my life. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. You know, I'm just chilling. I'm living life without any real um, guidance, except for the fact, like, I, I believe in God. I believe in Christ, whatever that means. Yeah. So fast forward, I want to say after college, uh, after grad school, actually, I went through a season of depression mm. and it was like probably one of the most challenging seasons. My family was breaking up like everything in my like my my job was like stable. I was in a pretty good relationship, but my home life was starting to break up a little bit. And I just was so heavy and I was so down. I couldn't break the funk and it was devastating. So I'm like, I'm grateful for that season because when people talk about depression, like I get it like. You could be surrounded by so many people, be in a room full of people and still feel by your, like by yourself. Mm -hmm. I would wake up every morning in tears and like almost to the point where like I just didn't even want to live anymore. And I couldn't figure out like where this was coming from. Right. And at the time, like I started to dive into the word of God a little bit more, looking for some sort of like breakthrough. And I didn't get it. Like you read the Bible and it's like, I don't know what none of this stuff means. Um, I started going to therapy and I'd be good for like two weeks and then I'd like revert back to just being so heavy and just so like just down. Um, and so that went on for about a year. And so in this time I am still actively trying to like tap into the things of God. Cause I understood that like, he's a savior, right? So like, I need you to save me. I don't know how to like, but I'm not feeling saved. Right. And so it just so happens simultaneously. Like I started feeling very convicted about certain things in my lifestyle at the time and still not really understanding why. And one of those things was like, um, my celibacy or at the time my sex life. And so, um, I was in a committed relationship and I've, I've like spoken about this very openly, like on my YouTube channel, but like God was like convicting me about sex, just like random stuff like that. I'm like, what? Like, I just want to not be depressed. Like, can we leave the other stuff alone? Yeah. Um, and so I got to a point by the end of the year, this was like 2015. I'm like, yo, God, I give up. Like, I'm, like, 
I'm just, I'm at the lowest of the low and I can't break out of this. I don't know what you want, but I'm going to give it all to you. Like, you right. got it. I will fully surrender my life. I want you to take control because I clearly, I'm not navigating this well and I'm not, I don't think this is how I'm supposed to feel. And I literally just told God that I would commit my life, that meant my body, my mind, my spirit, my soul, everything to him and that I would dedicate my life to him. And I, that declaration must have broke something because... I mean, shortly after me, like a month later, I realized that the depression started to subside and um, I've just been on fire for God ever since. So like, that's how I got there. And then of course there's the transformation that takes place after all of that. But yeah, that's kind of my journey to Christ. Like I just, it was like a last resort. Like, yeah. yo, just take it. I don't know. I don't want it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that's super loaded because I think a lot of people, um, go through depression and a lot of people don't know which ways to deal with it because it's something that's really just coming to the forefront in mm -hmm. the last couple of years. But, um, the decision to give it to Christ, um, is pivotal. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You know, it's like, I can't figure out why I'm going through this and right. I don't understand. I can't control this. There's mm -hmm. nothing. It's like, um, for you and it, and it, and it just, it would come and go. Or it was very like no, it was very it was, consistent. Yeah, it was it was consistent in that time. So when I started going to therapy, I noticed that there would be a couple of weeks where it would kind of go away, but it wasn't long lasting. It was temporary, mm. and that's when I knew like okay. And I'm pro Jesus and pro therapy, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. But um, I realized that I'm like I need something more okay. than therapy and for for what this is. And I think in retrospect now, when I think about what it really is, I think a lot of it was some warfare as well. But yeah, yeah different conversation <laughs> <laughs> nah so good so now let's just talk about the fact that you were in a relationship at the time mm -hmm. and you decided hey i'm going to give my life to christ and i'm going to give up and i'm going to celibacy mm -hmm. and what was his reaction like <laughs> yeah Whew. um my guy didn't take it too well mm. he was he was not okay with it i think he was initially confused because um the conversation of of you know conversation of god had come up like surface level right um like he'd gone to church with me like once or twice but like it wasn't really a part of my lifestyle it was just something that i said that i was and that mm -hmm. i believed um so he was one confused and i think he was a little annoyed because he felt like you know you kind of made this decision without me like how could you you know yeah. how could you this is this is our relationship like how could you just switch up and not have a conversation right. with me about it first um and so yeah eventually we actually broke up like Maybe like a month later, yeah, mm. that relationship ended. So that was like devastating for you. Yeah. Uh, so because he was a great guy. Yeah, he was a great guy. And he it was, just was like, all right, cool. And this next journey chapter in my life, it's like everybody can't go. Yeah, yeah. That was that literally as soon as like it's crazy. As soon as I gave my life, yo, everything just got crazy. Like so many relationships, and not just that that romantic relationship, but friendships. Um. It's, I think we all have the same story. Like, God will really turn your life upside down and it not look anything like what you're used to or what's familiar to you. And that was that was a lot of transition for me, and that was challenging. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it sucked. Happy time. Yeah. <laughs> so now, um, you know, here it's Unconventional Christian, and, I, you know, that that change in your life that you decided to do. Now, how hard was that for you? Um. What exactly? The actual giving up of something that you've already had a taste of. Oh yeah, no, that was that was really hard. And and that, like so, I was saying before, God had already been convicting me about it, right. and I didn't even really, I didn't understand what convictions were. It's crazy. Like even to explain to to my ex, like 
what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I, I didn't even have the like the language to really explain it to him because I didn't get it. It was really the spirit of God. And so, you know, I'd been convicted for it for at least a year or maybe a little bit longer for some time. And so I wrestled with it. I didn't just it, it wasn't just like, OK, I'm done. It was some time where like I would realize like, I, I feel like I'm not supposed to be doing this. But I don't know why. Like, why am I not? And so once I finally just gave it up, I'm like, OK, I, I've already made this vow to God. It's that process after where it's like, okay, so how, what does that actually look like? Like, yeah. all right, I said I'm not doing it, but like, okay. And so I, for a month, we attempted to like maintain our relationship um, and practice celibacy. And it just, it was a struggle for him, which is why we ended up breaking up. But for me, I had to learn like how to actively like maintain celibacy. And that was hard and that took time. And I'm yeah. still, still learning. So. Right, right. Um, so for you, is it a, is it, to this day, is it, is it a battle? For you, like, I mean, mm -hmm. is this something that, like, as a Christian, because we have to admit, like, you know, I feel like one of those things is what it's it's uh, sex is drug like, you know what I'm saying? If you if you've had it, right, then there's you know, it's you get that urge sometimes, mm -hmm. um, especially just being an adult, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because we live in an over sexualized community, I mm -hmm. mean, society, yep, so it's like. Everywhere you turn, if it's not music, it's television. Yeah. If it's not, um, and it's just being in your everyday, you might see a guy and be like, right. Nice. Right. <laughs> Facts. So, um, yeah, I mean, and how does that affect you? Because I know now you've been, what's that, five years? Mm-hmm. Five years. Yeah. Um, did you do you have a celebration every year? No, I don't. It's so funny. Yeah, I think Not you should throw a party every time. That, like I like that. I you should. know, maybe in your Bible study. You <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? Hey y'all, it's five years. It's almost <laughs> like hey, hey, like, but you know, but celebrating that. Yeah. Um now, how is it because you know, um, of course we met through Tara, right? Mm -hmm. So you have friends and is everyone in alignment with you? Because now let's talk, separate the relationship. Mm -hmm. Now you have friends who happen to be, and they have to be accountability partners yeah. for you. But in the same token, you have friends around you that are still having sex. Yeah. So how is it that you're able to maintain these relationships without being super judgy? Yeah. Um, it was tough at first. Um, and that's why I felt like I was getting, I mean, everybody and their mama had an opinion about my decision and what I was doing. And again, I think, and I don't, you know, blame them. They don't understand. They don't get it. Right. But that was really, really challenging for me because here I am. I'm like, I'm trying to stay true to this vow and this promise that I've made to God where I don't right. really understand, but I feel like I'm, I need to, I have to, I'm supposed to, I like, and I, and everyone is in my ear like, you sure, girl, you don't got to do that. Like, you don't have to do all that, whatever. Mm -hmm. But God is so good. And I like when I tell you God began to place specific women in my life, like for the most part, um, the, the for the most part, my circle is all um, they've all been celibate. So mm. my best friend came to the same decision or vow maybe like a couple months later. Yeah. Um, and so she was my like primary accountability partner and then God began to while other relationships were falling apart he began to rekindle older relationships yeah. and for whatever reason we were all in alignment it was crazy so like I had a community of women who believed and were on the same page as me in the area of celibacy yeah um did everyone stay there uh not necessarily but it allowed me to kind of dig my 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 feet into like what I'm really doing and get rooted and grounded in that so 
you know, once people kind of started to fall off the bandwagon or whatever, I like I was so rooted in it that it didn't really matter after a while. And right. so like where I'm at today is everybody in my circle, you know, practicing the same thing? No, um, but it doesn't really affect me, nor does it really phase me. But it doesn't mean that it's not hard. Like I have seasons. Like some seasons, I'm cool, and then other seasons, I'm I'm struggling. Like, like you gotta talk me off the ledge. Like it's, right. it's hard. Um, and I had a relationship after, um, and that made it really, really challenging. Though we came into it like being celibate together, mm-hmm. it was still it was very challenging. So, yeah, I mean, and, and why didn't that like specific one work? Like. Yeah, honestly, I think he just backslid and mm. didn't want to do this Christian couple, whatever you want to call it, lifestyle, walk, mm. whatever anymore. So you mean like later on in a relationship, it started to feel like he was trying to like move, try to like, yeah, let's, let's, let's have sex. Yeah, Um, it wasn't so much the sex thing. It was just just overall lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I think it was. That was a weird breakup. But, um, yeah. And I also think it's important that. Like for me now, one of my prerequisites is like I, I'm celibate. So mm-hmm. ideally, I would you should be celibate as well, but not for me. Like that has to be a personal decision between you and God. And I feel like with that relationship, there was a lot of codependency, just mm. spiritually and just the overall relationship with God. It almost felt like it was for me or it was so dependent on me. And so, um, yeah, I feel like if it's not yours, it's mm-hmm. it's liable to um, it's liable to fall apart. Like the foundation was faulty. So. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I feel like that relationship ended. Codependency. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about it. So codependency, um, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's it's a, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. There's so many different forms of codependency. So let's talk about um codependency. How did like how does that how did that affect you how did that affect you guys in a relationship? Yeah, I think so there's certain expectations I would say that I may have and so they weren't met and so I guess certain expectations meaning like how do I put this like um just in terms of just how we're walking like this Christian walk right and Mm -hmm. that looks different for everybody it's unconventional it doesn't have to be it's not cookie cutter um but there are just certain expectations and I felt like he couldn't meet and I felt like he couldn't meet them because he wasn't quite he wasn't quite there with God yet. And I felt like it was almost like a facade. Like almost I'm like, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for you. And I'm, I'm playing up like I'm, I'm this person, but you, you're not really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it just, it made it difficult for him to meet certain expectations It made it difficult for him to walk a certain way. And I think that's what ultimately just kind of like caused him to kind of fall away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, now dealing with like, um, so, because a lot of people don't understand codependency mm-hmm. and what that looks like, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you know when you're codependent on somebody, it's like you're dependent on them for your happiness. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The whole classic, um, we complete each other. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Very, um, you know, very notebook. Yeah, feeling. I was very just, get out so, of my head. <laughs> I was just thinking so romanticized, like very notebook. Because <laughs> you know it's so crazy. Growing up, we are, you know, we the biggest thing you have to learn once you move into your 20s is to get rid of the idea of um just romances romances <laughs> romanticization is that the word romanticism romanticism thank you <laughs> corrected on camera <laughs> romanticism i should know that but ro- romanticism is something we're taught mm-hmm. we're taught from kindergarten yeah. we watch the we read the 
the love books, the stories, what right. it looks like, yeah. flowers, roses, butterflies. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people, um, that's where a lot, that's why a lot of relationships don't make it yeah. because of this expectation of what was drawn out for mm-hmm. us. Um, so, but do you think that romanticism is possible? Do you think it's possible in your relationships in the future? Because I have an idea of romanticism. Yeah, once you separate it, after you get to that place and you're like, this is not really true. This is not exactly how it can be. But, you know, I, I think in prayer, mm-hmm. in your direct prayer to God about what you want, I think that can be fulfilled. Don't get Absolutely. me wrong. There will be arguments. Yeah. We're going to have disagreements. We're not going to see eye to eye all the time. But there are relationships out there because I've seen few. Mm-hmm. I've seen few. I won't say a lot. Where there are just, just a couple that see eye to eye. Right. We, you know, they may have a disagreement, but it doesn't last long. Right. It's like, yo, that's my person. Mm-hmm. That's my peace. Um what are your prayers like for your for <laughs> for your mister? What are oh your gosh. prayers like specific? Because mm-hmm. I had a, somebody on here last week and we were talking about she's also somebody who who um decided to be celibate. I feel like she was I think abstinent was the word because we had a celibate versus abstinent yeah, conversation. Two different things. Because celibacy is a vow. Yes. Abstinent is a desire not to have sex plus it's not penetrate right. penetrative. <laughs> Today's the day. It's okay. Penetrative. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, running that back, it's the fact that, like, when it comes to that for you, like, what's your what's your request? <laughs> I feel like I get asked this question rather often. Really? Yeah, and I got, like, and I know Mike Todd did a sermon, like, rip up your list, and I'm like, mm, I'm going to hold on to my list, but <laughs> y'all can rip it up. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm... I'm very like I let God do what he does like I right. he's has taught me anything like he gonna do what he wants so yeah. he has full reigns obviously but I have desires and I believe that you know the Bible says if I delight myself in him he will give me the desires of my heart so right. they're very specific but um they're not superficial so for me I think the number one like this is the number one deal breaker like you have to be a man of God what does that look like and so for me it's not so much that you need to be a pastor or you know a walking billboard essentially for Christ but my my prerequisite at least what I would desire is that a man has a heart for Christ like I want you to be on fire for Christ the way I'm on fire for Christ um in your own way um and so I think that's so important because my understanding in just marriage, because I'm not just looking for a relationship. My prayer is for God to bless me with a husband is that, right. you know, you are the leader of our household. And so and I think that was the issue with the last relationship where I mentioned like there were um, expectations that couldn't be met. But I believe as a leader of the household, you need to be able to hear from God. You need to be in tune with God. You need to be in relationship with God, not just say, oh, I believe in God. Cool. Oh, I go to church every Sunday. Cool. Like. That's fine, but, like, what is your actual relationship like with him? Like, are you dependent on God and not man and not me or, you know, talking about codependency? That, yeah. that can't be in the picture. Like, I need you to really be for real, for real about this this lifestyle with Christ and your mm-hmm. love for him. Um, and so that's, I think that's a prerequisite for me. I think being a leader is so important. I think those are attributes as women that you, you can identify in a man. I think um, someone who is emotionally healed is so important for me um, because I feel like in my singleness in in these past few years, I've been doing the work to make sure that I'm healed, not just for a partner, 
But for me, and so, right. so many people get into relationships where, you know, one or the other or both are not emotionally healed. And so if you're not emotionally healed, you start bleeding on people and, yeah, you know, bleeding that creates, on people who don't cut you. Yeah. And it yeah. creates so many issues. And so that's, that's a big thing for me. Like, are you emotionally healed? Have you I like addressed past trauma? Cause we all have it. Right. Um, I think another thing for me, um, let me think, dang, I ain't looked that list in a minute. Hi. Um, <laughs> Hi. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, but only because <laughs> I'm a tall woman. So mm-hmm. how tall are you? I'm about five nine. Okay, I would say five eight and three quarters, but I'm like five nine. So five and nine. I like to wear heels. So. so you need so you need six two or better. <clears throat> Jesus, six four, six four, <clears throat> six four and better. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have nice. They don't have nice jeans for six four guys. Man. <laughs> Baggy jeans. You got it. That's not boot cut. <laughs> boot cut. I'm just saying. You might have to go for the six two. Honestly, those are areas that I'm willing to like compromise a little bit on. But yeah, you know, like the, there are like a few of the superficial things, but those are like lower on the list. Like I really, I want you to be a compassionate person, someone who's empathetic, a communicator. Mm-hmm. I've been in relationships in, in the past and even friendships where people don't communicate. And that right. is so toxic to me. Um, so yeah, those are just a few of the things that I. What are the, the, cause okay, now this is what I was going to with Sal. We had Sally hang out here. Sally Francesca, Francesca. Sally Chapman, she was on here uh, last week, and she spoke spe- specifically on what she desires physically. Okay. Because she said specifically how she's had sex before. Yeah. So she says in her prayers, she's <laughs> like, God, I want him to know how to make, you know, how to do right? what's necessary. Right, right. Make sure he has what's necessary yes. because I'm going to wait till the night of. Yes. <laughs> so those specific prayers yes. are there. Yes. You do have those. Absolutely. Okay, because I'm just saying, you know, like, I don't want to sugarcoat it that, for people right. because, we, you know, right. a lot of people are. That's one of the biggest things that people are nervous about. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to test drive the whip yeah. before marriage? Yeah. yeah. And, and having to find out what happens in that case and scenario that you decide to get married and the night of... I rebuke that. I just, I don't even, I don't even think about, like, I just, rebu- I just feel like God knows me. He knows my heart. He, he knows everything about, like, God, you would not do me like that. <laughs> you wouldn't. He just would not. <laughs> so look, let me, let me touch on this. So we got here. I said to Sally, I said, you want a glass of wine? She said, no. <laughs> so ha- have, have you always never drank? No. You've drank before. Yeah. Okay, so what what drove you to that to say I'm not drinking anymore? Honestly, so I'm I'm a very spirit led person. Mm-hmm. Um, like of course, like I read the Bible, like I'm aware of what things say and what things don't say, and not that the Bible says that you can't drink at all, but so I'm a spirit led person. So I follow my convictions and I follow what God lays on my heart. Right. So I like I never I've like even when I first came to Christ, it wasn't like a like oh well. Stop having sex. Let me stop drinking. Like, no, I used to love Henny. That, like, I always tell people that the Lord delivered me from Henny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this was maybe, like, the last two, maybe two and a half years now. Yeah. It was just, I just, like, I kept feeling like I'm supposed to stop drinking. Like, I'm not supposed to drink. And I didn't really understand why. But um, my understanding and how God deals with me and just the call on my life and mm-hmm. where God, I believe, wants to take me. Yeah. Sometimes there are requirements mm-hmm. and you don't have to understand them and they right. may not be for everyone else. Like my personal convictions don't have to be yours. Like yeah. I, I'm around people that are drinking all the time and I don't I used to drink like I don't judge. I don't care what you do. But for me, like Sally, yeah. I'm not for whatever reason. 
God has called me to not drink alcohol right. or liquor right. anymore. Right. So right. I'm just being obedient. No, I think, and I think that's important though because I do drink, and mm-hmm. you know I'm what you would call an unconventional Christian, <laughs> right? But my thing is that I think it's so important for there to be people that who are black and white who do set the bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because um, some people struggle with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Alcoholism is something that's prevalent in the black community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some people use it as a numbing factor. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's, you know, it's, it's, I commend you on, you. on that journey, <laughs> on the journey overall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, has it been a battle um, now just being you stepping into your faith and stepping into your purpose now when it comes to your family? Because um, I know you mentioned your mother was Christian, your father's Muslim, but mm-hmm. They weren't super in they they weren't their relationship with Christ is not what yours was. How is that dealing with your family? Yeah, it's tough. I think so. As far as like, so my dad is like he's awesome. We have such a, a much better relationship now because I mentioned there was like some contention before, but um he was very um supportive and open. Um, and I love that about him. Like, this is what I believe and this is what you believe. And I respect, like, I will preach to my dad all day and he just mm-hmm. sits and he listens and like, yeah. intently. And he's so like, he soaks it all in. And I appreciate that. And it's so it's funny because it's so different with my mom who is the Christian. And sometimes I think she feels like she almost feels like I'm like, like she feels like I come across judgy sometimes. Mm, and that, like that word was in my head. Right. Yeah. Before you said the word. And it's, and that's not the case. And I, I'm always, I always ask God to like remove anything in me that might be judgy or anything that is not like you right. or, you know, cause I, I never want to come across like that. But I think I realized that that was just, I think me stepping into my faith and how like, um, how, what's the word, how fervently, like I grasped onto the things of God and how much I sought to really understand his word. I think that made her feel like insecure about right. her walk because she never really did any of that. And so um, now it's a place where I'm like, I'm tr- not teaching, but I'm trying to um, encourage like a deeper relationship and not just the religious aspect. So sometimes that gets tough because she's like, she doesn't want to hear it or she feels like it's being, it's me being judgy, but I'm, I'm not, I'm, it's out right. of love. I just, you know, so yeah, it gets a little challenging sometimes. But it's funny that it's challenging with the Christian parent and not the the Muslim parent. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, even with your father being Muslim, now, you know, this is a controversial question. Do you feel like you guys serve the same God? Do I feel like my father and I serve the same God? Yes. So, ooh, that's, yeah. Um, It's controversial, it's tough, it's rough, you know, but it's one of those questions. It's tough because... No. We don't. So I like, and I say that because like God, right? So Muslims refer to God as Allah, right? And Mm -hmm. I hate when people say stuff like, oh, the Muslim God. It's not the Muslim God. It's the, you know, Arabic word for God. That's Mm -hmm. what Allah is. So that's God. But I serve Jesus Christ. Right. And my father doesn't serve Jesus Christ. He doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. So for that reason, no, we don't serve the same God. So let me go deeper. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like. The God you serve and your father serve. I mean, well, the God that your father served, Allah, is the same God that is the father of Jesus Christ. Because God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So then God being the father, Jesus being the son, mm-hmm. and you have the Holy Spirit. Now, as Christians, we do pray to God, mm-hmm. and we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, and we walk to be, and we also pray to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as well. But in the same token... Um, do you res- do you look at Islam like 
Muslims who people who are Muslim and Christian serving, praying to the same God. Mm-hmm. Do you do you look at it in that sense, or is it? Do you feel like it's completely different? You know. What so I'm in that sense, I do believe it's it's one God. One God. So we are praying to that God. Yes, the same God in that yeah. sense. It's funny because over the last like maybe year, um, I've just had a bit of a like a mindset shift, and I'm like I'm trying to make sense of it, and right. so you know we've got. Um, people who are, I guess, identify as like apologetics. I think that's what they call them. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they seek to really, um, I guess, defend Christ and, and uh, almost like, like for me, like I've always felt like, yo, you believe what you want to believe. This is what I believe. And that's that on that, yeah. whatever. But now I'm in a place where I'm just like, it's not like, and I, I, I struggle with this because I never want to come across judgy and I don't want to come across like um, superior or any yeah. sort of way. But it's almost like, it's not like, there's your truth and there's my truth. It's like this, there's the truth. And that's that Jesus Christ is our Lord and savior. He yeah. is the one and true only God. And that the only way to the father is through Christ. Right. Um, so that's what I believe. And so, yes, I believe that, you know, there Allah and God it's it's one God, but there's a disconnect there because you don't, you don't believe in Christ. So we don't really serve and we don't believe the same thing. And so um, I guess that's how I feel about it. That doesn't make me feel any differently towards anyone yeah like no understand no it's understood you know it's 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 a constant journey right yeah me but somebody who believes and and um believes in christ jesus christ is my lord and savior Mm -hmm. and in god being the father and holy spirit but then there's that part of me that's like we live in this world where you know um god god is love right you know what i'm saying so I look at how time frames were back then mm-hmm. and being t- people on different aspects of the world, seeing things from completely different um, um, perspectives, right. seeing it from completely different perspectives, mm-hmm. but understanding at that point we're serving the same God, but of course understanding, like in my mind, I can understand you didn't grow up on this side. You didn't see what Jesus was doing on right. this side. So I can understand why you don't. Right. I can understand why you don't believe in Jesus right, Christ. Right. But they do believe in him as a prophet. So right. I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the one thing I feel like now is um, finding that common ground for, I think the biggest thing for me just as a Christian is to show people what Christ is like. Right, right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? I don't ever press religion on anyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some people do come off judgy. And I think that it's so important for us to have people out here who are examples, who are right. lights, so that someone comes to you and says, yo, like, I'm really so interested in this in this Christ that you serve. Right. Because the way you handled that situation, yes. it's yeah. like, it's completely different from the way I would have handled that. Right, right. I'm not trying to convert anybody. I just want you to see the light of God in me right. in Christ and how I want to walk like Christ. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, that's a constant battle. It's a journey. Yeah. And, um, I'm just understanding of different people. And I like to, I like to engage in these conversations with mm-hmm. different people when it comes to that. Yeah, no, but I agree. And I think, and like, it just, even what, like my father, like I'm never, I have never like pressed like, yo, just come over to this side, like mm-hmm. come over here, you know? Yeah. But I try to be an example. And that's one of my prayers personally, like, God, I want people to see you when they see me. I want when I speak, like, you don't have to, like, 
And I like so I, I host like a biweekly women's Bible study and we mm-hmm. talk about this all the time. Like I'm always saying, like, you don't have to be screaming Jesus all the time at the top of your lungs. Like people will just look at you and they will they will know that there's something different about you and that's the thing that's gonna intrigue them. And I always pray that when you see me, you see something different and you see the light of Christ or something that makes you want to know what is that? Or like you said, right. why? how did you handle that situation? Like, how are you so calm? Like, what is that? Well, let me tell you about, <laughs> tell you about Jesus. But, you know, but I don't have to say it. Like, I want to just be a representation of him. And like you said, like, God is love. And so I I try to walk like that and try to exude that in, in whoever I'm speaking to, whether you're a different religion or even like, I think it's so tough, like even within Christianity, there's so many people who, you know, believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ, but maybe your walk looks different from my walk. You know what I mean? And sometimes people feel like less than, or sometimes they they are made to feel less than. So I never want anyone to feel like, you know, my walk is better than yours or superior or anything like that. But it's it's always all love. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, Now touching on your walk as well, Mm -hmm. just leaning into that. So musically, what like what do you listen to in a car? Yeah, like I'm a Drizzy fan. Like <laughs> I love like I listen to everything. So I'm not like um I listen to gospel a lot, but I also listen to secular music. So I don't necessarily feel like um like I can't listen to it's that. Not, kind you're of not, that's that, you haven't heard God say that yet. Like, yeah, I have it. However, but, yeah, that could come. Yeah, I, it could, and you know, if it does, you know, like I said, I'm spirit led. Yeah. But I think what I what I do is I'm I'm very careful about what I'm allowing into my ear gates. So I'm not yeah. listening to everything. Yeah, and I'm also very sensitive to time and season. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain times where I just like. Sometimes I just choose not to listen to the radio. I choose not to listen to certain Spotify playlists. Like I literally just tune into um, just, you know, certain like worship music because I feel like that's where I'm at and that's what right. I need to have on the inside of me right now. So it really just depends on the day, the time, and the season. But I don't necessarily like – I filter, but I, I'm not like I can't listen to secular music. So, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, for you um, – Fasting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how important has fasting been for you? Yeah, that has been pivotal. That has been like top tier for me. It's funny because we talked about this on Bible study on Wednesday. Um, and I was literally doing a study on fasting. And like that has been, that has kept me when tremendously. The, when was the time that you've seen that you fasted and you've seen God show up? Who God is different. Um, so one fast that I did, so... So my first forty day fast. This was forty day. Was yeah, top of the year. No, it was like uh, I think it was like around April. Yeah, randomly. This was like two years ago. So what I made did, you do it. Like what? Yeah. So um, so I remember I was saying like you know I have this accounting background. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. So I worked in public accounting for years and I hated it. Like mm-hmm. it was so uh, it was so trash. Like it was draining me emotionally physically like just i just was not good right and so i got to a point this is shortly after like i had just like really given my life to christ and it's crazy because all of a sudden i just started feeling like i don't belong here and i I didn't know why and i was like yo you know like like new christians new believers like i mean we're always gung-ho and on fire for christ but it's something different about that first like 12 months like you just you have so much faith and i'm like i'm gonna quit my job and that's that i don't got no backup so I just quit my job. And I was like, God going to bless me. I'm going to get a new role within like a couple months. It's going to be what I need to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And so what I thought would be three months turned into a year. Mm. Crazy. Probably top 
five most challenging seasons of my life. I couldn't right. believe that. Like, I was still unemployed. And I, like, I got a master's in accounting, and I can't get a job. It was crazy. But it was so intentional because that's when I birthed my business, and God shifted my mindset to I'm not calling you to climb anybody's corporate ladder. Like, I'm calling you to ministry, and I'm calling you to entrepreneurship. Um, if you're going to do corporate, it's a means to an end. It's not the end. And so um, I had, so I, you know, I'd quit and I ended up getting a role about a year or so later and equally as bad. And I ended up getting fired from that job, which was crazy mm-hmm. after a few months. And so like, I found myself back in this place where I'm like, oh, what, like, Come what are on. we doing here? And um, so this was maybe like around March. Yeah. Like probably like the, towards the end of March. Um, and I was just like, I'm, I'm a faster. I'm, I, I fast for, you know, if I like I'm, anything, anything, literally, um, if I'm praying, believing for something, if I'm having crazy dreams, I'm a dreamer. I go through a lot of warfare, mm. you know, whatever it is. But for this, I'm just like, all right, God, let me crucify my flesh and let me get still. Um, and I'm going to fast for 40 days. I had never done a 40 day fast before in my life. Um, I, I think that fast actually started, it was only supposed to be a week actually. And then it turned into a 40 day fast, wow. which is crazy. And in that time I was just praying and I was just asking God to like do something, whatever it is. It, like at that point I was like, whatever you want to do, I, like, I don't, whatever you want to do. Cause I don't even know what's going on at this point right. anyway. So, you know, I really was praying for another role cause I needed money. Like I had this business, but it wasn't doing well at the point in time. So I'm just like, I, just, I need something right. Sustenance financially. And so long story short, probably like, um, maybe like a week before the fast ended, yeah. I got an interview finally which with, 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 um, Verizon that I okay. had actually applied to maybe like a year prior and like, had never heard back or whatever. So I applied and I got an interview shoot the fast hadn't even ended yet so i got an interview and um i think i went on the interview it was like a five-hour interview it was crazy within like a week and a half i ended wow. up getting the role and I'm, that's where i work at now an internal audit and blew my mind wow. blew my mind blew my mind because that job was everything that i needed it to be i yeah. mean it wasn't just it wasn't just about the money. Like if I'm going to be in corporate for a period of time while I'm building what I'm working on, on the side, like I want it to be enjoyable. I don't want to hate it. I want it to, you know, I wanted to feed into other um, skills that I feel like you're honing in on. And I wanted there to be favor there. Like I wanted that I had a specific culture. I had a specific, um, like salary that I was believing yeah. God for. That was like crazy. When I tell you God showed up and showed out mm. everything on my list, he checked and it blew my mind. Like I got that job. I think by the time I got it, that fast had ended, but I a hundred percent attributed to that fast. Like, and so I do not play with fasting. Mm. I, I will go into fasting for anything. And in the hot second, what does a fast look like for you? Yeah. So for me, it's t- typically, if you had to advise anybody that was doing a fast. So let's yeah. what you're doing. So for me, what I do. So first of all, again, I'm spirit led. So, um, my fasts sometimes look different every time, but primarily, um, my understanding, the biblical context of fasting is food. So I fast from food. And so it'll typically be from like a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. type of thing. Okay. And sometimes Same here. Yeah. Sometimes it's a day long fast. Sometimes it's three days. Sometimes it's a week or however long. God. It's a day long? I'm sorry? Day long? Like a done? one day fast. So you've or, done it no 24 hours, nothing? I, I've actually done a three day dry fast before. Ooh. Yes. Water? Um, yes, water. Okay. Yeah, so I've done that. I've done the Daniel fast. Let me see. Um, and sometimes I will fast from social media. That's my fast. Like, yes. I'll just 
Yeah. Like, That's a good fast. Very necessary. Sometimes I fast from TV. I love TV. I love reality. Oh, TV. yeah. Yeah. Like, I have to shut my TV off. And those are that's a really challenging fast for me. <laughs> but, yeah, whatever it needs to be, whatever I feel led for it, that's what it will be. And so I, I may come into it like, okay, I'm going to fast for three days. But like I said, the other fast was supposed to be seven days. It turned right. into 40. Like, wherever God leads it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and when you said fast earlier, you were talking about spiritual warfare. So, yeah. Like a lot of people just try to skip over this part. Skip spiritual warfare is yeah. real. Yeah, very real. So, um, when is the time that you felt that you were going through a spiritual warfare? When was the time that I wasn't? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I go through warfare so much. Um, I'm trying to think. How does it feel when you're going through spiritual warfare? It depends on how I'm being attacked. But so there's for me. So I'm a dreamer, and so I I dream about everything um mm. and a lot of times like, i feel like there's two types of dreamers maybe more but i at times it could be prophetic but i don't identify as a prophetic dreamer i feel like i'm more of like an insight what's happening now yeah and so i will literally be attacked in my dreams and i will literally like people trying to kill me like mm. crazy 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 wild dreams um stuff like that but then also um warfare in the sense of just when life just you just you just know when there's warfare in your life. There's one point where like um, just every I was struggling at work in a season. Um, I was struggling just at home in that season. It was just like constant attacks coming from everyone and everywhere, and it literally felt like I was drowning. Mm. That's like what it feels like. Like it feels like um, it literally feels like you're under attack and you can't like like you're drowning. You're trying to get up, and so those are really challenging times for me because typically I feel like I'm very in tune with God and I'm like. No, I'm good. Like stuff happens, but whatever. Like I ate that. It's cool. Right. But when it's like really heavy warfare, it's it's challenging for me. And I almost feel like I can't even hear God in the midst of it. Mm. And I feel like I'm literally drowning. And yeah, those are times it's, it comes from everywhere. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So, yeah. Nah, that's 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 real because I think a lot of a lot of people don't know how to identify it. Mm-hmm. Like we go through these moments and we're just like, you talk to everybody now because of COVID, because of the things that have gone on, pandemic, we feel overwhelmed, yeah. we feel anxious, we yeah. feel tired, yeah. the body takes count yeah. because your your uh, depression of mm-hmm. is sinking in on you, yeah. your appetite sucks, your sleep All sucks, of that. Yeah. everything. So mm-hmm. these are some things that a lot of people don't attribute to spiritual warfare because. Yeah. You know what we end up trying to work. We're like, all right, maybe if I go to sleep, maybe if I take these meds, maybe if I overwork, if I stay busy. But sometimes it really comes down to like tuning everything out. Yeah. Have you taken a sabbatical before? I have. Yeah. What did you do? So those are typically the times where I'm also fasting. So Mm -hmm. um, even at the top of this year, I did that where I just cut everybody off. Everyone and everything. I wasn't stopped working on my business. Like I just You just stopped working on your business. Yeah, like yeah, essentially. Like I just I fell back. And at the time I was like in the middle of like a rebrand, but I kinda stopped working on it. Um I just kinda fell back from like everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. Nothing was wrong with me. I just right. felt like I needed to be still. Right. Um and I think those seasons are so necessary. Yeah. Uh what was how many days was that? That actually was a forty days as well. 40 days. Yeah. I've been thinking about taking the sabbatical, but it's probably more like a 7 to 14 day mm-hmm. out of the area, though. Like yeah. getting a, a cabin or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Taking my notebook, my mm-hmm. journal, yeah, my Bible, well. a little speaker, yeah. a couple weights or something like that. Yeah. And just be alone and mm-hmm. be silent. It's kind of scary, though. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, my mind thinks somewhere like Maine mm-hmm. or so, oh, one of these, like, 
cabins up in up you know somewhere up the highway in jersey yeah yeah, yeah. so um but no i think it's so necessary a lot of people don't realize that they need to do it mm-hmm. but we'd be so tied to oh my god i can't stop i can't stop doing this i need to work i need to do this but yeah then the crazy part is you don't realize what happens if you just like like what if you just die like you know what i'm yeah, saying if you don't real. you need to stop sometimes yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, so necessary and I think sometimes the fear with that is like, what are people going to think? Or like, what's ha- what's going to happen if I do do that? But mm-hmm. like you literally sometimes you like I, I posted this recently, like the most spiritual thing you can do sometimes is just rest and just be. And and to your point, also, like sometimes a sabbatical doesn't have to be a fast either. It literally can just be your time to just be still and be away. And you don't have to necessarily over spiritualize it. And it's simply just it's just rest. Right, right. Um, now your parents, they're separated. They're no yeah. longer together. Mm-hmm. Right. So ideally in your mind, you feel like your parents were unequally yoked. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you feel like that affected who you are? Did that, the unequal, the fact that they were unequally yoked, did that affect who you were? Um, or do you feel like you still experienced a happy home at some point in time? Yeah, no, nah, it, it definitely did. It created a lot of trauma mm-hmm. and I just, you know, especially I don't even know if it's like a I don't I don't even think it's an African thing. I think it's just people like, you know, you got to thug it out for the kids. And yeah. I like that is just so wrong on so many levels. Mm-hmm. It created so much trauma and for just myself and my brother. Excuse right. me. Um, and so, yeah, I think it did affect me growing up. But I think I thank God for just who I am and him and where I am now, just in my walk, because I feel like that trumped everything. And there was so much undoing and unlearning that needed to take place. And I also went through like a few years of, of therapy also to kind of break some of that stuff. I mean, there is just, yeah, it hundred percent affected it because I think yeah, there were some like surface level issues that they were having, but I think ultimately it was because they were unequally yoked. And so they had a hard time really like, I don't know. They had a hard time creating like a sound foundation mm. and like to grow up in that um, disarray and that dysfunction. Yeah. Like you almost start to think that that's normal. And I, I started to go down that path. It's crazy. Right. And even in my relationships, like very combative, like crazy. Um, not that crazy, <laughs> but like <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> just is is wild. And so I think um, you know, post Jesus, and I attribute everything to like my faith, but just understanding that like you don't have to be that. Like there is an identity outside of what you grew up and what you were taught and what you were learning. Right. It's okay to not be that. And so today I'm not that. So does it affect me today? No. Did it begin to affect me? Yeah. So, and I think that's what happened. Mm. Okay. So when I think about that, I'm thinking about, um, just now who you are as a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, now when you go into the dating space, um, we look at, um, submissiveness. Mm hmm. Is that define submissiveness to you compared to what society? Because still to this day, there's this idea that for women, when they hear the word submissive, they cringe. Yeah. And so I like, oh no, he thinks I'm going to be his doormat. Right. So what does submissiveness look like to you? Yeah. So submissiveness to me looks like allowing a man to lead, not mm-hmm. allowing a man to take control. Like, mm-hmm. leading and control are two very different things. Right. And so my understanding is I'm allowing you to take lead. But my understanding also is that though a man is ahead, a woman is the next. So she is, you know, 
not controlling, but almost like guiding the yeah. direction. Yeah. And so that's my understanding of submission. So while I let you lead, I'm right. not taking a back seat. I'm here. I'm guiding. I'm with you, right. but I'm letting you lead. And so I personally, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I consider myself like I'm an alpha female, but I'm also submissive at the same time. And mm. I think that's, I, I think that's how I'm supposed to be. And so I don't have a problem with that. Like I'm a hundred percent okay letting my man lead, but I'm also very vocal and I'm very strong. I'm very assertive. Um, and I'm very confident. I'm very bold also. And so there's room to be that, but also be submissive. And I think women feel like you said today's standards of submission is like, you just, you're a doormat. You just let him do whatever and he controls and you know, you take a back seat. But I don't, I don't think that that's right. Nor is that biblical either. Right. Do you um, exude masculine or feminine energy? Feminine energy, for sure. For the most part? Yeah. Feminine energy? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's a good question. <laughs> no, 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 because a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. So it's, it's not a conversation a lot of people have yeah. about feminine masculine yeah. energy because you've got to identify who you are. Mm -hmm. And if you know you are a female that has masculine energy, and naturally, this is what they say, masculine energy women attract men with feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And women with Feminine energy, they attract men with masculine mm -hmm. energy. That's but good. now it's also a space, though. Sometimes a feminine energy woman will be in a relationship with a feminine energy man. And unfortunately, if they don't identify that, don't get me wrong, I've seen it work. Mm -hmm. But if they don't identify that, then it becomes a problem. Yeah. Because he naturally doesn't take the lead. Yeah. And... um but she's also a feminine energy woman, so she understands him. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a place of empathy for him. Mm -hmm. But there's there's a place where a feminine energy has to push that man into his or can help him push into that space and yeah. understanding. But it's a tough it's a yeah, tough thing. You know, it's it's really it's it's a journey to get mm -hmm. to that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think lastly that I wanted to touch on with you, um, cause I don't even have any notes here today. I, I have, <laughs> Just I, I, vibes. I, no, no, no. Yeah. Today's vibes. Yo, I think it's free flowing. Cause mm -hmm. a lot of people, uh, this is a journey for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, like the journey into, cause everybody has to see different versions and everybody right. on different parts of their walks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When is a time that God has called you to be obedient and it was excruciatingly painful because mm -hmm. one thing me and. Um, I talk to uh, Avery uh, all the time mm -hmm. and our conversation about um, how exhausting obedience can be. Yeah. It does get exhausting. Yeah, it is. Because there are times when there's something that your heart tells you to do, but the Holy Spirit comes in and says, nope, that ain't it. Yeah. And you got to be like, that one of the things about obedience is that obedience has to happen quickly. Mm-hmm. Or else, you know, this um, delayed obedience is still Absolutely disobedience. Disobe yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I feel like that is the story of my life. I feel like God is always calling me to do something. Um, I think one of the, I think one of the most excruciating ones really was, you know, when I first vowed my my purity and really gave my life. That celibacy was that was excruciating. It was tough, and because not only. Was I giving up something that I had grown to like to do and that was a part of my lifestyle, I guess? Mm -hmm. And like within my relationship, I also like had to give up my relationship essentially because it was really like, well, if you keep doing this, we good. But if you stop doing this, we not good. So it was like that was tough having to give that up. And I think really that was, I think, a symbol of just my past life and having to walk away from that. That was so tough and that having to be obedient 
to God and what I believe God was calling me was to more. That was tough. I think another thing is um, like God constantly calls me to create spaces mm-hmm. and sometimes I just don't want to. Like I just I I just want to be. Um, I get it. Yeah. Like I don't always want to have to be in the forefront. Like I don't always want to have to be the person to like garner these conversations. Like I don't always want to have to do that. Um, but God keeps calling me, create this, do this, do that. And sometimes that's challenging because there are other things that I want to focus on. There's other things that I want to put my energy towards. Um, but he's calling me to this. So I have to be obedient in that way. And so, um, yeah, I think just even just my call and my purpose, like I, it's not always easy. Like people like um, glamorize like purpose. And yeah. It's a great thing. And we want to be in God's like perfect will and not just his permissible will. And we want to do what God is calling us to do. Um, but sometimes like being obedient to your purpose doesn't feel good. Like it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. Um, and so I feel like in different stages of my life and constantly, really, God is calling me to do something that has to do with my purpose. But like, I'm not really ready to do that or I don't really want to do that yet. So um, and that that always feels it doesn't feel good. And even um, like in the dating sense, like sense, like right. there are certain relationships that like God will literally tell me, like, no, absolutely not. But I like him. Like, thank you. And you've, like, had to, and you've had to just dead it. Yeah. And I can't, like, and I have to walk away from that. And that just, that just be that. Mm. So, like, even the last relationship, I think, um, that that played a role in there, too. Um, and, you know, people like to spin a block. And, um, you know, and God will literally verbatim tell me absolutely not. And so that, that sucks sometimes because I'm waiting and I'm, I want something. And this is my heart's desire for... A God like ordained relationship, but when you're like there are things that it's like being dangled in my face, but God saying no, and that sucks because it's like, well, dang, you got to continue to remain in your singleness and continue to wait for what I have for you. Um, so yeah, in that sense, obedience sometimes obedience sometimes is really struggling. Okay. Um, now there's a saying that says, and it's my one of my last uh, two questions. Um, what's the saying? Uh, a biblical verse. I can't quote it. It says. And God is talking to Samuel and he says, he says, how long will you mourn for Saul being that I have rejected him? Mm. When was the time that you were mourning something that God rejected? Yeah, that was that was that relationship. The last one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it, that was so tough. I, and I mourned it for a while. Mm. Um, and I think why that 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 one hit a little bit harder was because I really believe that that was it. Yeah. And so um, I, I struggled with the end of that relationship really hard. And I can admit that now. And like, I'm good now. But back then, yeah, it was it was it was tough. And, and just there was there was a lack of stability even in my life at that time. So mm. I just felt like the thing that I like kind of clung to was, yeah. you know, outside of God was now like is gone. I can't really um, anymore. But yeah, it's funny because God actually revealed to me that I began to make an idol out of that relationship. Ooh. And like, that's part of the reason why I also like I needed to get up All out right, of here. Let's dig a little deeper with yeah. that real quick. When did you, what are some signs of making a, a, a person or a thing an idol? Mm-hmm. So signs of making a person or thing an idol. So basically an idol is anything that you put above God or that you revere above God or anything that you just, um, it's even close. That's even close. And like God is, you know, God is one. Yeah. And this thing is two. That's when, it. when it should be really, God is one. Mm-hmm. The next thing I feel like in marriage, yeah. In marriage, a wife becomes two. Yeah. 
But Absolutely. prior to marriage, yeah. anything else should be like six. Yeah. And there should be like this big gap of names. This yeah. is God, 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 God. Mm-hmm. And then six is that thing. Yeah. That's and so the thing is about that was like it didn't look like how one would think it would look like, and that's why I real like it was crazy when God said it. I'm like, what you mean? Like I'm very clear about where you stand in my life, and I, I've always I always have been, but it was too close, and so it didn't. It wasn't like um you know I fell off like my faith and I wasn't praying or I just like was yeah. rejecting God. It doesn't always look like that. Um, I think there was it started to become like an obsession around just marriage, an obsession around just um the perfect relationship or the perfect Christian relationship, things like that, or just almost like looking to that person as a safe space sometimes before even thinking of God mm. and not even intentionally. Again, yeah. I'm like, how did, how, like I, it blew my mind. Like literally, like how did I let this happen? Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, God really got me together that season. Really. I learned so much after that breakup and, and it was a challenging time to get over all of that. But God really, like, I wouldn't like, I will never again, and you got to be mindful in every stage of a relationship to be taking inventory and assessment of like your heart posture with this mm. person, and you know, or God, or just everything else. So, fire, fire! Yeah. I could go on, I could keep <laughs> going, but um, this last question I okay. have for you is: What makes you an unconventional Christian? Yeah, so I think what makes me an unconventional Christian is I do not sacrifice my personality. Or just all the unique things that God has made me to be to walk this fine, perfect line of being a Christian. Like, I'm 100% who I am. Like, I'm just, I'm me, but I just love Jesus. I'm not, you know, trying to be anything more than that. So, I don't know. I feel like there's this misconception that the conventional Christian looks a certain way, um, especially for women. Like, you got to dress a certain way. You got to act a certain way. And I'm just 100% not that, like... I'm going to wear what I feel like I want to wear. And I'm going to, you know, listen to, you know, I listen to certain kind of, like, I'm just, I'm still me. Like, I'm still going to watch reality TV. I'm still going to be a little ratchet sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still going to be me. I just love Jesus and I still glorify him. So I don't walk this cookie cutter line. I'm just literally just loving God unconventionally. And so not trying to be what society says that I need to be, but, or what Christians or what the church says mm-hmm. that I need to be. So. Fire, fire. Um, so we, we, we normally do these rapids and they're coming off the top of my head right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, number one on the rapids is Meg the Stallion or Tasha Cobb. Wow, you gonna do this to me? Um <laughs> I love Meg. jays or air forces contrary to what i got on my feet right now 100% jays 100% (laughs) um um okay um netflix let's go with you or clickbait so i'm only like on episode four, clickbait. And it's good, but it's not hitting like you, especially first season of you. So I'm going to say you. Mm, okay. So now this is, this is might be a throwback because my brain just went there. I don't know why I went there. <laughs> um, Martin or Fresh Prince? 100% Martin. Hands mm. down. <laughs> <laughs> and 
lastly, um, certified lover boy or Donda? Certified lover boy. Nice, yeah. nice. The Christian, the <laughs> Christian uh, community is in uproar right now. Y'all. <laughs> Don't judge me, y'all. <laughs> Yo, um, I'm super appreciative for you being here today. Of course, Sally. thank, thank you, you for having me. Um, looking forward to watching you on your journey because you, you encourage me. Oh, I appreciate I'm super it. unconventional. I am <laughs> very unconventional. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I hope to be in alignment with you. Maybe I'll jump on a girls' uh, Bible study. Yes, one absolutely. Day. <laughs> And I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And this is another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. You guys have a blessed one. Blessed.